0: If I'd have known that uh, last number was going to be that powerful, I'd have had more caffeine. I'm just not that exciting. (laughs) Well, welcome to Word Serve. My name is Pastor Bill. We've been going through a sermon series appropriately titled Comfort and Joy. And this is a time of year where we talk about comfort and joy. But if you ever want to hear any of the past series that we've done, we have a YouTube channel. You can go to Word Serve YouTube. You can see the complete worship service. Or if you just want to cut to the sermon, you can get that there. We also have it on our Facebook page, on our wordserveorg slash sermons website. So if any time you want to catch up on anything, this is the last part of the series. Uh, and if you want to hear the first part of the series, you're more than welcome at any time to go out there and find us, follow us, and uh, make fun of us. Just make it in the comments. That's what it's for, right? So comfort and joy. <clears throat> this is interesting because uh, if you, the more trips that you've had around the sun... The harder it is to kind of get excited about the Bible story sometimes. I mean, we've heard this a million times, right? What are you going to tell me that's new? Well, maybe I will tell you something that's new. Maybe I won't. But here's the thing. God is always at work. God is always active. And I hope that tonight, if you have been disconnected from God, that you will feel reconnected. I hope that if you're on fire for God, you'll be even more on fire for God. I hope if you don't know God, if you don't know Jesus, that maybe tonight is the night that changes your life. It's possible through the word of God. That's why we're so excited that you're here tonight. So let me start by uh, asking this. Uh, What if I told you there was a question that can transform your life, your relationships, your workplace, your community, and the whole world? And that question is just one word question. Do you believe me? No, not yet, but maybe you will. So I'm going to put that little teaser out there as we go. I Thank you, Sam. Thank you for voting yes. Well, everybody else register your votes? <laughs> That's awesome, man. All right, so we're going to uh, start with this idea that there might be a question that can transform us, and it's going to obviously do with what we're talking about tonight, but I want to read this word tonight and then get into a little bit about how God works in and through us. So the scripture that we're reading tonight is John 1. 1 through 5, and then verse 14. I'll read this for you here. Put it up on the screen. A good place to start is always at the beginning. So this is what it says in God's Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing that was made has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The Word became flesh, made his dwelling place among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. These are the words of God for the people of God, and for these words we are grateful. Amen. So <clears throat> this idea of uh, <clears throat> getting something new out of something old. You know, a lot of times we, we glorify the Christmas story. We, we think it's so quaint that there's a little manger, and, and then you got the, the sheep, and you got the, the baby Jesus who's glowing like he's radioactive, and then you've got the, the wise men that roll in, and then, you know, the little drummer boy if you're a king and country fan. And they're all there, and it's just peaceful, and baby Jesus isn't making a noise, and the stars is shining down. Isn't that so quaint? Yeah, no. it was nothing like that. And here's what we need to realize, is that our expectations sometimes don't meet reality. Just think about what it must have been like on that first Christmas. Here's Mary. Uh, you're nine months pregnant, and you just traveled by donkey many miles to get to the ER suite. No, no, you're in a manger. And furthermore, where you're going to lay your precious newborn baby is a feeding trough. Way to go, Joseph. Thanks for checking the the invite, right? You didn't register? So uh, there's other things that are bothering Mary, too. I mean, you know, think about it. You just had a baby. You traveled miles and miles on a donkey. You want to lay it down someplace clean, and you got a feeding trough. What's the next thing that happens? You get these guys that show up, shepherds from the field. I can't think of a more sanitary bunch. Hey, we're new in town. I know you don't know us, but we were told to come see the baby. you mind if we take a peek? Uh, who are you people? What are you doing? Hey, can we hold the baby? Because that's what everybody asks, right? But no. No, you can't. You're, you're gross. Get away from my baby. Right? And, and then, you know, the, the, the little drummer boy, you know, he's there, and he goes, you know what a really tired mom needs right now as the baby's drifting off to sleep? Uh, drum solo. That's what you need. Yeah. It was far from anything peaceful or quiet or quaint. And if you think about Joseph's role in this, now Joseph was the earthly father of Jesus, right? But he was of the line of what? How was he chosen to be the earthly father of Jesus? He had a certain lineage. What was that? David, he was a descendant, a direct descendant of King David and King Solomon, all those people, the grandiose time that Israel was a great power on earth. And what was he now? He was a wandering carpenter at this point. Nothing against carpenters. You all are great. But if you come from King David's line, mm, man, how how has it been for your family? This was not what they expected. This is not what Israel expected. If you're an Israelite at that time and you're looking at the prophecy, you're expecting a warrior like Joshua or a king like David. You're not expecting a baby in a no-place town lying in a manger. It's the last thing that you're expecting. See, a lot of times our expectations don't meet reality. We do that in church, though, too, don't we? Our expectations don't really meet reality. We come to church sometimes, you know, because you're supposed to. You you learn some rules because you're supposed to. You behave a certain way because you're supposed to. But where is God in that? Where do you experience that wonderful spirituality that moves and breathes through us? Where is that? Well, I think it's because we do, Jesus, uh, we do discipling like Jesus did discipling. You know, this is how he did it. Uh, you sat down and you learned a bunch of information. And you, you knew a lot. You memorized a lot of scripture. Nothing wrong with memorizing scripture. You, you learned a lot about the doctrines of all the church. You learned the rules of do's and don'ts, right? But that's not the way Jesus did it. See, our expectations of following Christ today sometimes don't meet the reality of the need of disciples of Christ. Because being a disciple isn't just knowing. And again, nothing wrong with all those things. I know what you're going to say when you get home. Did you hear what Pastor Bill said tonight? He's against memorizing scripture. I am not. I think that's great. But you know what I'm really a big fan of? Doing scripture. Living scripture. This isn't meant just to be a head knowledge game. This is meant to be a lifestyle. And this is where sometimes it falls short, our expectation doesn't meet the reality and the need in the world. That's why the funny name, by the way, we believe in preaching and teaching the word, but it doesn't stop there. We also believe because of we, what we know, we serve the world. And we never want to separate those two, teaching and preaching the word and serving the world, hence word serve. And if you want to know where God is, if you want to see God move through you, live the lifestyle of a disciple in today's society. I guarantee you, you will stand out. You will be different. By the way, that's our tagline life is different. And it's what the world needs. I think too often we sell ourselves short in this idea of this word coming and living among us, living and moving and having power through us. Because we go through these exercises, we go through the Bible studies, and and we know more stuff. But to what end? What do we do with that? What do we do with this little baby Jesus? Emmanuel, God with us. That's where we fall short, I think, sometimes. Because we sell this to the world. Hey, how would you like to come and be a part of my small group where we talk about, you know, the Bible. Uh, We criticize your lifestyle. We tell you what you shouldn't do. We tell you what you should do. And we criticize you when you don't show up because you have a life. And, uh, you know, you want to join us? Said no one ever, right? No, this doesn't work. This is not how people come and get engaged with Christ. This is not a lifestyle. This is a a shaming contest. Expectation doesn't mean reality. I promised you earlier, there was a single word question that can transform your life. Are you ready for it? Here it is, whether you're ready or not. Why? Why? It's that simple. The the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Why? Excellent. Dude, i got to give you my vacation calendar because when I'm out, I need a fill-in preacher. (laughs) Why is the magic question? Why did the word become flesh and among us? Imagine this conversation between God and Jesus while he's still up in heaven before he comes down to earth. The father comes to the son and he says, Hey, Jesus. Listen, I I need you to leave all this glory and majesty, and and I need you to go down to earth. Okay, well, what's the deal? Well, the people are lost. They're living in darkness, and they need to see some light. Okay, you want me to do like a drive-by, fly-by, and and poof, there we go. No, no, I got something else in mind. I need you to take on the form of a lowly baby. Uh, You're going to be in a trough. You're going to be born to people that nobody's going to know. And you're going to basically grow up in kind of poverty and wander around. Uh, I don't know about this, God. Oh, but wait, it gets better. Let me tell you the rest of the story. You're going to grow up. Uh, you're going to do some teaching. Thousands of people are going to be interested and in follow you. Hey, this is looking up, God. All right. Oh, and by the way, uh, they're going to hate you, and they're going to unjustly accuse you. Uh, you're going to be uh, mercilessly punished and put to death. Well, sign me up. That's the reality. Can you imagine that conversation? Why did he do all that? That's the question. Why did the word become flesh? Why did Jesus go to the cross? And if we can answer why, then we've unlocked the key to living the lifestyle of discipleship. Why would he do that? The only thing I can figure out is love. He didn't do that because he had to. He didn't do that because he had any penalty to pay. In fact, he was the only one who didn't have a penalty to pay, and he was the only one who could pay the penalty that we could not pay. Why did he do that? The answer, I think, is love. And it's a love that can transform us, a love that has power. This idea of answering why is not uh, an original one. Uh, it's, it's, I, I borrowed this, actually, from this guy. Anybody know who this is? Yes, buddy. Somebody knows. This guy, he wrote a book, Starting With Why. It's The Power of Asking Why. And and it's a fascinating read, Starting With Why by Simon Sinek. Uh, He also gave a TED Talk back in 2009. You can Google it. uh, I think it's called The Power of Why or something like that. But anyway, so here's his premise. We have three circles that we operate in. The outer circle is what? The middle circle is how? The inner circle is why? And why is where the magic is, but here's the problem. Most people don't ever get to why. We go through life doing a lot of what's, and, and we know how to do the what's, but we don't really know why we're doing it. Like, why are you here tonight, really? I'm not here to judge, but are you here just for some music? Are you here because you're supposed to be? Are you here because you got headlocked by somebody that made you come tonight? Or are we here to worship the Savior of the world? The one who gives us freedom over the power of sin and even death itself. Why are we here? That's a great question, Sam. I'm with you, all right? So here's the way that this works. It says if you if you buy a, like a computer from Dell, all right? So they will tell you here's here's the what we have. We have this model. It does these things. Great. How does it work? Well, it runs on this operating system. Great. You want to buy it? Maybe. And then he compares it to. Apple, now recognize this is 2009, okay? Apple Computers. He says Apple Computers doesn't start that way. They don't say, hey, we make uh, computers that are simple to use, user-friendly, they're they're beautiful, and uh, because we think you should buy one. Well, does that really make you want to buy that one over the Dell? No, no, but here's the difference. You see, Apple starts from the inside out. So rather than say, you should buy this because it's user-friendly, easy to use, they go, we are a company that believes in innovation. And the reason that we do that is we want to make you capable of being innovative and adaptive. That's why we do what we do. And so we build computers that are user-friendly and easy to use, a beautiful design. Would you like to buy one? You know, that sounds a little more promising, doesn't it? Starting from the inside out, starting from why... And going out makes it much more convincing, because when we understand why, we get all kinds of advantages. If we know why, we're more likely to stick with it. If we know why, we will be there when times are tough. If we know why, we will move from a place of having to do things to wanting to do things, which is a much more lasting motivation, especially when it comes to following Christ. Because I don't know if you know this, and I hope I'm not spoiling this for anyone, this thing called following Christ is not easy. Not ever been easy. And nor will it be. He tells us that. That's one of the reasons I love Jesus. He tells it like it is. Hey, people are going to hate you. This is going to be tough. But we do it anyway. Because we want to. So what would it look like if WordServe uh, were to employ this model? Let me tell you how most churches do this. Hey, you know what our mission is here at WordServe. Making disciples. And we make disciples. How do we do that? Well, uh, we study the Bible. We come together in in meetings like this where we can learn more. Uh, We meet in small groups because that's where you can ask your questions. You can really grow in your faith. And then we want you to sign up to do these serve projects. So uh, so just sign up for one of these things. Maybe it's serving coffee. Maybe it's coming to the group. But here's the sign up. All right? So go ahead and sign up. Is anybody inspired to sign up? Yeah, not even me, right? And I make the list, right? (laughs) No way, right? So what if we went to the why first? And what is the why? Well, it's the most familiar passage in the Bible, I would argue. It's the one that you see the dude in the end of the end zone when it's like minus 20 out in Green Bay and he's got it painted on his chest. What verse am I talking about? John 3.16. You guys know it, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so whoever believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. So why did the Word become flesh? Why did Jesus go to the cross? Because God so loved the world. The one word question is why. The one word answer, though, is love. That's why. So, what if we changed our model here at WordStar? So what if we said, We believe the power of God's love? God's love brings light to the darkness. God's love brings strength to the weary. God's love brings peace to those in turmoil. God's love brings hope to the hopeless and a sense of belonging to those who are lonely. God's love heals. It can heal you. It can heal relationships. God's love brings us together in a greater mission. And because of that, we want to be more like him so that we can share that light. And the way that we do that is we get together and we learn more about him. We come together and we celebrate him. We meet in our homes so that we can ask questions, intent questions on how we're going to live this out in this life and in this world. So that we can introduce as many people as possible to this light of Christ that peels back the darkness. Would you like to be a part of that? (laughs) I got one and it's not even sand this time. That's awesome. (laughs) Two, three. All right, good. That's my last offer. That's what it could look like. That's the power. Now, when you lead with love, great things happen. We get an instant clarity. That's the whole point of the light. The light rolls back the darkness. And here's the greatest promise of all. The light will never be overcome by the darkness. The darkness cannot overcome the light. That's the team to be on. That's the winning team. We get clarity. We get a sense of purpose. I can't tell you how many people that I talk to to say, you know, I've got a great job, I've got a great family, I've got a great house, but I just feel empty. What's wrong? I think it's, we lack a sense of real purpose. We go through the motions day by day we provide for the family or, or whatever it is that we do, but at the end of the day, what's our purpose? What's our why? Well, if your why is to share the love of Christ, you have great job security because this world needs to hear it and see it and feel it. We also have, uh, we move from have to, to want to. I don't do these things for Christ because I have to. I don't follow these rules because I have to. I do it because I want to. If you've ever had uh, your first crush, uh, your significant other, your spouse, whatever, you know this, right? I do things for my wife that I would never do for anyone else. And it's not because I have to, because I want to. Because I love her. Well, that and she has a mean right hook, but I love her. (laughs) That's the level that I think we need to get to. So I want to, I want to, I need to confess something. I lied to you tonight. There is not a single question that can transform your life, but there is a single answer that can transform your life. That answer is love, God's love. You see, because here at WordServe, we believe that God's love can roll back the darkness. God's love can bring strength to the weak, rest to the weary, peace to those in turmoil. God's love can transform your life, the life of your family, the life of your workplace, your school, your community, and your world. Because of that, we get together and we study because we want to know more. We want to know how to live into that peace that passes understanding. And so we meet and we celebrate. We meet in homes where we can ask questions, where we really intend to apply this to our lives, to get support and encouragement. Want to be a part of it? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Emmanuel, God with us, came down on this day that we celebrate. We thank you for the life that he lived, the teachings that he taught while he walked on earth. He was the first one to actually show us what it was like to live the letter of the law, the way in the spirit of the law was intended. Now we thank you for his courage to step into this role, to take on the sin of a whole world. We thank you that he never backed down from his mission. And I'm so grateful that the reason that he didn't was his great love for us, which continues even today. Spirit that he has sent to remind us of everything that you said and everything that you've taught us so that we, too, can live that lifestyle. God, I thank you for the opportunities that you put in our path to share the light of Christ to a world who desperately needs to see it. God, let that begin in us. Let us start with the why of God's love. Let us experience that anew tonight. For those of us who have hardened hearts, God, I pray you would peel back the layers and the for those of us who are just trying to get through another day, but give us a vision far greater than that. Give us tasks that are far bigger than anything we can do so that when it happens...